0: Welcome to Binge and self love Podcast, I'm your host Anna, but you can call me Anchi. For the past few years, I've been struggling with binge eating disorder, severe procrastination issues and a really poor self-image. Any kind of self-love has been pretty much non-existent. But I've realized I'm not alone in this, as millions of others struggle with accepting who they are, and we all fight our inner battles. I'm not an expert on this, nor I claim to be, but I have a story and I want to share it with you guys, raw and honest, with all its highs and lows. Every Tuesday I share my experience, thoughts and tips on overcoming binge eating disorder, procrastination and tips on gaining self-love and respect. Join me and our listeners on our journey to build a healthier and kinder relationship with ourselves. Make sure to subscribe to Binge on Self Love podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss any future episode. For more content on binge eating, procrastination, self love, and self acceptance, visit bingeonselflove.com and follow me on Instagram at bingeonselflove. Disclaimer: Binge on Self Love podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It doesn't provide professional medical advice and it is not a substitute for a diagnosis or treatment. Oh, Hello, everyone, welcome to the Vincent Sala podcast. My name is Anna, but you can call me Anchi, and welcome back to the part two of our little 40th episode special. Last week I've shared with you 20 things I've learned and I've understood about eating disorders. If you haven't listened to part 1 yet, make sure to do so so you have a better context of what we're going to talk about today. And today I am back with 20 more things I've learned and I've understood about eating disorders for the past 10 years. It's crazy for how long eating disorders have been part of my life, although the intensity has been changing throughout the years, but at the same time, I am so proud of how far I've actually come. Just recently, my boyfriend and I went on a walk and we were talking about how much has my life changed since the beginning of the recovery process. Just 3 or 4 years ago, I couldn't imagine what life without binge eating disorder would look like. I mean, I wished for it. I wanted it but the binge eating disorder was taking over every aspect of my life so it was really hard for me to imagine I could for example go for a run because I wanted to and not because I felt guilty or because I felt like I need to punish myself for the binge. Or that I can have a piece of chocolate or any other kind of sweet and call it a day rather than eat the entire thing and then rush to the store to satisfy my urges to binge on every sweet thing I could put my hands on. I think that a lot of time we're not appreciative of our success and our little victories no matter how big or small they are. Because we live in a society that constantly tells us to do more, work more, do better, work harder. So we it's almost like we are never satisfied. But I think in recovery especially, it is essential to take the time and reflect on how far you've come every single day of your journey. It may seem like a tiny insignificant step here and there, but if you take a look at it a few months later... You will actually see and realize how far you've come. Well, that's enough for the intro chit chat. It's time to share with you 20 more things that I've learned and understood for the past 10 years with eating disorders. Let's get into the episode. Number 21: Most people on the Internet don't look like their photos either. You are probably thinking like what the hell does this have to do with an eating disorder but the truth is social media and the internet have a lot to do with our body image with our self-esteem and with the way we perceive beauty every time we open instagram or tiktok or any other platform we are exposed to hundreds of photos and videos of people from all around the world and many of those photos are edited. Of course, we want to put out there just the best of very best of us. Nobody wants to share a photo of themselves in sweatpants, lying on a sofa with a bag of chips, doing absolutely nothing. And therefore, as we only share the highlights of our lives and also the very best photos of ourselves, which we edit and enhance, it all contributes to the idea of how we see and how we perceive beauty. And then when you open your social media feed and you see all those perfect people with perfect lives and perfect bodies, you start to believe that this is normal. This is what you should probably strive for. This is how you need to look to also be seen as beautiful and likable and successful or anything else for that matter. During the lowest points of my binge eating disorder, I tend to look at those people on social media and two scenarios happened. I would either put those people on a pedestal and see them as my inspiration and I would promise myself that one day... I will look like this fitness influencer or the second thing that would happen would be that it would spiral me deeper and deeper into the depressive and self-loathing feelings. I just couldn't understand why those people are so beautiful and seemingly so happy and why am I so quote-unquote ugly and quote-unquote fat. Either way, it didn't bring me anything positive and I hated myself more and more because I wasn't reaching those unattainable standards. So the important lesson that I've learned is that social media can be triggering when it comes to my body image and that even seemingly perfect people on social media usually don't look like their photos either. Number 22. Health is more important than a perfect body. A very positive thing that I've learned during the eating disorder recovery was that a healthy body is is the perfect body. It's the body you should strive for. Not the skinniest body, not the most muscular body, not the most toned body, but the healthy body. I believe health comes in all different forms, shapes and sizes and there is no look or shape or types of muscles we should strive for. I say this all throughout the podcast, but the true change and the true shift in my mindset had happened when I finally stopped focusing on losing weight and I started focusing on how the hell am I gonna heal my body and make it as healthy as possible again. Number 23. The only thing that's certain is change. I am someone who doesn't like changes. I find them really really hard to deal with. It doesn't really matter whether it's a positive change or a negative one i kind of struggle with both and recovery is full of changes your mindset starts to change everything you believe about yourself starts to change your eating habits hopefully starts to change for the better your self-esteem starts to change and your body image starts to change and it may feel overwhelming sometimes but change is inevitable And it's actually the only certainty we have, that everything in this world is constantly evolving and changing. Like I've said, navigating change still isn't easy for me, however, I try to remind myself when I get really stubborn that change is inevitable and that change doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Number 24. Binging is not always about the amount of food you eat. It's also about the thoughts that run through your head, the emotions that you feel and that you often try to hide and suppress, the problems you try to postpone for later by the binge eating sessions. For me, it was very difficult to differentiate between just eating too much and binging when I first started my recovery. There were days when I just ate too much, but it didn't feel but I didn't feel any urges to do so. I didn't feel any negative emotions before or after I ate, but still the binge eating disorder voice crept in, and in my mind I started to worry. Was this a binge? Am I binging again? How will I know? And what if I will never be able to get through this? What I define personally as a binge for myself is not necessarily based on the amount of food I eat, but how and when I eat it. Am I eating in secrecy, feeling guilty? Am I eating because I feel some emotions that I don't want to feel and I want to suppress it by eating so much food? Or am I eating because I'm hungry or because I'm craving something? That's what has worked for me and what has helped me to differentiate when I binged and when I didn't. I just want to say that this is going to be very very different for each and every one of us. So just I would just say really try to listen to your thoughts and your emotions to figure out what's going on. Number 25. Treatment is not available to everyone who needs it. Think number 25 that I've understood about eating disorder is that unfortunately not everyone has access to the treatment when, when it needed. I am fortunate and blessed enough to live in a country where we have a great healthcare system that is accessible, but unfortunately that's not the case in every country, which is really sad. Also, I think, at least in the country that I live in, it's really, really difficult to find a therapist or someone or some other professional who is an expert on binge eating disorder treatment. However, it is definitely possible that in other countries there are therapists that focus on binge eating disorder and they may be more accessible. Either way, I feel really sad when I realize that the eating disorder treatment may not be accessible to everyone who needs it and I truly hope that this will change for the better in future. Number 26. It's okay if you don't love your body yet. Okay, this may seem like I'm going against everything that I just said, but hear me out. I think it's perfectly fine if you don't love your body. The main goal is not to hate it. And the main goal is not to have any negative feelings about your body. I think it's okay to have neutral feelings. It's actually much better than feeling negative about your body. And personally, I think that loving your body as perfect as it sounds is more of a marketing term than reality for most of us. It's okay if we don't feel beautiful sometimes. It's okay if we don't feel super comfortable in our own skin sometimes. And it's also okay if we don't feel like goddesses every single day. At least for me, it's not what loving your body means to me. I do love my body for what it helps me get through every day and for everything that it allows me to do. But at the same time, I am nowhere near to being super comfortable I've hated it for over 10 years, so I know for me, it will be a very long, long journey to get to a point where and if I will be able to say that I truly love my body with every everything. Number 27. It's normal not to feel okay every day. Navigating challenges is easier. Not easy, but easier when you're feeling good. But life is life and it's not always sunshine and rainbows and every single day. And on those days when we feel like everything sucks, including ourselves, it may be much harder to show up and do our best and try our hardest. And I've learned through the recovery that it's really important to accept this to accept that it won't always be easy and that it won't always be sunshine and good feelings. With any process, with any change, comes the reality of doubts, struggle, fear, doubting whether you're actually heading in the right direction. What I need to remind myself every single time I feel like this, I don't do this as often as I should, I admit, Uh, however, what I should do is to remind myself that any negative feelings... Any worries, any insecurities are just temporary and they will pass and you don't need to fight it. You can take it easy, show up and keep showing up every single day. You don't have to break a record or overcome all of your obstacles you're facing every single day. Some days we make a huge progress forward, but on the other days just showing up takes a lot of effort and that's more than enough. 28. Losing weight won't make you happier. This is something I've believed in since being a teenager, that skinnier people are prettier and more attractive and therefore they are happier. And honestly, it's probably the biggest bullshit I've ever believed. After my experience with anorexia and all throughout the binge eating disorder, I believed the key to everything, to happiness, to love, to success, to everything, was through losing weight and through becoming as skinny as possible. And that's such a bullshit, honestly. Losing weight won't make you happier. Weight loss and happiness are not equal. And I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that when I was at my lowest weight, I was the most unhappy and the least confident person I ever knew. And you know why? Because it's never enough. You feel like you're just never skinny enough. You want more and more, and you get into this unhealthy and twisted cycle of weight loss being your priority, and believing that losing weight will make you happier. And just to clarify again, I have nothing against losing weight for medical and health reasons, of course but I am referring to dieting and losing weight for all the wrong reasons and for weight loss when you are struggling with an eating disorder. Remember that losing weight won't make you happier. 29. Eating disorders are not something we should feel ashamed of. A very, very important lesson I've learned is that eating disorders are not something we should feel ashamed of. And I've understood this over time. When I was 17, 18, 19, 20, there was no chance I would ever talk about my eating disorder openly with anyone besides my really close family. I think I've really opened up about my eating disorder during therapy sessions. It was there when I started calling things the way they were and there was no point in hiding anything anymore and pretending or admitting something only like a half of it and I also think that's part of the reason why I can speak about eating disorders and what I've been through so openly in this podcast I just want to tell you that obviously you don't need to share your story if you don't feel comfortable to. That's perfectly fine and there's nothing wrong with that. What I think is more important is that you are honest with yourself and you admit to yourself that hey, this is what's bo- this is what's been going on and maybe I need help. And also, yes, eating disorder is a problem. But it's not something you should feel ashamed of. We all go through different things in life, different problems. And that's what makes us stronger at the end of the day. think number 30 that I've learned is that it's easier to give advice to someone else than it is to advise yourself. I think this one is pretty straightforward. I always find it so easy to advise other people, as you can tell from this podcast. And tell them what I think and what I think they could try. Of course, I am not a professional and I don't ever give advice to anyone. But I am very good in telling my friends or anyone close to me what I think they should try or should do. But it's much harder to take the advice yourself and act on your own advice. Number 31. Whatever you do, do it because you love your body, not because you hate it. I can't stress this enough, whichever change in relation to your body you decide to do, do it because you love your body, not because you hate it. I've put my body through hell because I hated it so so much. More specifically, I hated the way it looks. When I went to work out, it was always because I hated the way my body looked, because I thought it was too fat, or too ugly, or too whatever. And I despised certain parts of my body, and I wanted to change them, and therefore I wanted to lose weight so desperately. And I was not doing anything because of my health. And the same applied to anything else, using makeup, my skincare, everything. I wasn't doing any of that because I loved myself. I did it to try to hide the ugliness that I saw in myself. It's not really surprising that I was never able to stick to working out, to running, to learning how to do my makeup, to taking care of my skin on a regular basis because I simply hated myself. And everything has changed once I promised myself to take care of my body and to take care of myself and to take care of my physical and mental health. Because I love and care for myself, not because I hate this and that and whatever and because I want to change 1349 different things about me. 32. Someone else's values don't say anything about you. This is, once again, a very, very important lesson that I've learned. Although we are all humans, we were born and raised and grew up and thought very different values, and we continue to adopt different values throughout the entire life. We all have a different perception of beauty, of intelligence, of popularity, of wealth, of happiness, and what being happy means. I am someone who tends to take things very personally, so whenever I am confronted with someone whose values are different from mine, and whose values I don't seemingly match, it gives me the feeling of not being good enough, and it often makes me question my own values. In my mind, all I can focus on is why this person doesn't like me, why they think this about me, what's wrong with me, and things like that. But at the end of the day, we all have different values. And just because someone else's values are different from yours, it says nothing about you. It says something about that person. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean is that... In one person's eyes, you're gorgeous, smart, and successful, while in the eyes of a different person, you're nice, but maybe boring, or maybe a little weird, or or something like that. And that's fine. Someone else's values are not your values, and they don't say anything about you. Number 33. Food is not evil. It's the eating disorder. My relationship with food is something I am still working on and honestly, I may even be working on it for most part of my life. Although I have periods of time where I don't battle food anymore and I feel super fine, there is still a lot of things that I need to work on. Two things that I'm striving for is to no longer associate emotions with food and number two to finally reach a point of balance. Again this is again this will be unique to you to your situation but the important thing is not to let the eating disorder win and no matter how long and how tangled the journey will be every day being eating disorder free is so so worth it. Number 34 punishment is not the solution. The emotions one can feel after the bench are almost indescribable. It's like for the big part of the binge you haven't feel you ha- you don't feel anything but satisfaction and an urge to eat more but once that binge is over the splash of emotions hits you literally like an ocean wave it's a mixture of emotions shame guilt self-hatred failure confusion fear disappointment anxiety hopelessness and so much more all combined together all at once And naturally, we start looking for ways how to punish ourselves and how to undo what has been done. But just like with anything we've done in life, we can't take it back. We can only take all the courage that we have left and try again and again over and over million times until that one time when we succeed and you do that one step forward and then again over and over again. So many of us who struggle with binge eating disorder or with binge eating or with disordered eating have tried to outdo the binge by going to the gym, working out, depriving ourselves or something else. But in my opinion, it's the worst thing we can do. It only adds to the already very fragile and weakened relationship we have with ourselves and starvation after a binge only leads to more binging. What I think we should do instead is to learn how to forgive ourselves and try to understand what's been going on. 35. You're not alone even though it may feel like it sometimes. I've mentioned in the previous episode in part 1 that unfortunately so many more people struggle with eating disorders than we think. And even though it so often feels like we're alone in these struggles and that no one can ever understand what we're going through, remember that you are never alone. There are millions of other people going through the same thing, having similar thoughts as you, doing their best every day like you, fighting their way through the recovery like you, and they are heroes for facing their problems just like you. I am grateful that One good thing that has come out of social media is that it gives people a voice to share their experience and share their stories and their battles. And just like me sharing my story through this podcast, it just comes to show that you are never alone. Number 36 Eating disorder may be a sign of other issues. Obviously, an eating disorder is a problem in itself that needs to be taken care of, but often it can be a sign, a manifestation of something else. In my case, I believe an eating disorder was and probably still is a sign of my inability to accept myself for who I am from a very young age. And it was my way how to seek comfort and control. Things around me and people around me constantly change and I hated that, so I believe that food became my thing. Something that I control, something that is mine, something that won't ever leave me. Whatever it may be for you, I think it's really important to try and understand yourself and what's been going on in order to be able to recover. Number 37, trends die as quickly as they appear. A very, very important thing to remember is that trends die as quickly as they appear. I personally believe that the only reasonable place for trends is in fashion, but a body type, or better yet, body parts, should not be turned into a trend ever. Social media, the internet, and many influencers have turned their bodies into a trend, whether it was a big pouty lips, hourglass body shape, big butt, shredded abs, tie gap, whatever trend it might have been throughout the years, I feel like it's just so wrong. We are born with a certain body and although we may change and alter many things about it, we should not feel the pressure to do so. I am not in a position to tell anyone what they should do with their body, of course, and neither is anybody else, but I just think that it's so wrong when young people get plastic surgeries just because of wanting to match some stupid trend or just because they feel like the way they look is not good enough. It just makes me really sad. Number 38. Things don't change unless we do. One very important lesson that I've learned is that things don't change unless we do. It has always been easier for me to just complain about things being a certain way and how my life sucks because I have to deal with binge eating disorder and how much it was affecting other parts of my life, but I never did anything about it. Not until I think three or four years ago. Until then, nothing has changed. If anything, my binge eating disorder was getting worse and worse. But once I started doing something differently, that was when things started to change for the better. Number 39. People may help you, but you must want to help yourself in the first place. I've learned this one not from myself necessarily, but when I was trying to help someone close to me with their addiction. I've tried to persuade this person that addiction is a problem but it's also a problem that can be solved and I offered many solutions and I've offered my help. However, I've understood that you can try to help someone as much as you want but unless that person is ready and wants to solve their problems, all your effort is useless. You can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. And unfortunately, the same truth applies to eating disorders and the recovery. You can try as much as you want to help them with their eating disorder, but unless they want to help themselves, it won't have much of an impact. Number 40. Not being perfect is perfect. All of the imperfections, and I don't want to use the word flaws, but imperfections together with all of your strengths about you are what make you you, the unique, amazing, beautiful self. And if everyone and everything were perfect, life would be so boring. Just think of how many amazing things in your life have happened because something wasn't perfect. When you missed a train and met a new amazing friend, or when you dropped something and someone picked it up for you and it made your day, or when you took the wrong turn and you discovered a delicious restaurant that you've never ever knew about before. All of the imperfections are what makes us the imperfectly perfect human beings. So keep that in mind the next time you will stand in front of the mirror thinking about all of the things you would like to make perfect. You are already perfect just the way you are. So that's all I have for you guys today. Those were 20 more things. 40 things in total that I've learned and I've understood about eating disorders in the past 10 plus years. I want you to remember that no matter what life throws in your way, recovery is possible and you are so worth it. If you have any episode suggestions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at binge on self lab or send me an email at ANCI at binge on self I'll be back next Tuesday with another Binge on Self Love episode. Until then, have a great rest of the week, stay true to yourself and talk to you soon. Bye! Thank you so much for spending your time listening to Binge on Self Love podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to Binge on Self Love podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episode. You can find more content on binge eating, procrastination and self-acceptance at BingeOnSelfLove.com and on Instagram at BingeOnSelfLove. Talk to you soon. Bye.